I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and joining me to talk about films once again is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek, how are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. I, mean, I was talking about this too slightly earlier, but um, I'm feeling a bit disappointed with myself. Oh, why? What have you done? Have you let yourself down? Yeah, well, well I, I was wearing a jumper last night. Yeah. And I spilled some of my dinner on it. Oh, what was it? What dinner was it? A stinky it was, dinner. It was a a the heated up curry that I made. Heated up. So second, I think it was the third time. Well, my girlfriend's a vegetarian, so I have to make things out of corn. Yeah. Or if I make them out of chicken, I have to eat them for three or four days. Okay. But I made this one out of corn. Okay. And she didn't want any of it, so I had to um, oh, eat that's... it myself for a few days. I, I mean, I, this is fascinating backstory for brilliant. film lovers. Yeah, yeah, but you spilt some on your jumper. Well, I spilt some on my jumper, and I forgot. With jumpers, normally, you know, I wear clean stuff every day, apart from, you know, jeans. You can wear those for two or three days. Months. And jumpers get a couple of days out of that. Sure. But I forgot I spilt oh, no. some food on my jumper. It's easily done. And then I put it on this morning and rushed to get here, and yeah. I was on the train, and the lady opposite me was giving me a dirty look, and I thought... Oh, shit. And last week you were wondering why people thought you were the strange man at the back of the cinema. Uh, no, it's easily done. It is. Especially when, you know, um, you... A, a you, trap. Homeless. Well, when you're self-employed, you don't have that constant, you know, I must keep up appearances. I must project an image of success at all times. Um, I've just really let myself go. Well, that's all right, man. That's all right. That's why we do podcasting. Radio. So we can sit here covered in yogurt and sauce and nobody cares. Well, we've probably lost a lot of listeners now. Well, that's all right. That's all right. But um, we're going to talk about... Uh, living films. with stains. Living with stains. That's, that's how we're... we're basically, um, we're <laughs> plugging our new podcast, Living with Stains, where each week we talk about two stains, one new, one really old classic stain. Yeah, in t- but time-wise. That's right. One stain that's been there for three or four months. That's right. And, and one... one we've literally just put on now yeah. to see how it feels. Uh, it's a good It's a good show. It's a good show. We get Simon Fielder on every now and again. Simon Fielder. Old stainy breath. Um, 
We're going to talk about films. You went to cinema. I, I did go to cinema. And um, I went to see... It's Oscars season. You could probably notice. Uh, it's uh, slightly worthier, uh, sadder films are out at the moment. Um, Longer, but, sadder, deeper films. That's right. Uh, so I went to one that is uh, a hot contender for the gongs, um, which is Manchester by the Sea. Now, this is... Have you heard about this? Have you seen the posters yeah, I, around? I've seen the trailer for it. I find it really weird because this is the American Manchester. That's and right. You, when you think of... What, what are you talking about? Manchester by the Sea. Well, that's I just, it. I almost feel as though... In fact, its name was changed to Manchester by the Sea. Really? It, it, there, there was a petition to change it. It used to just be called Manchester. You can't really... I don't like the fact they've got a place called Manchester by the Sea because just... As an English person, it just sounds really weird. It shouldn't be in Manchester. You don't have us calling... You, know, you wouldn't call a film, well, New York on Trent, would you? Something like that. Uh, well, yeah, but, I mean, they they when they founded these towns, they were us, weren't they? Yes, but I'm, I'm trying to say <laughs> that they should have thought of different names in the first place. Just made up words. Yeah, you can call... Well, on the West Coast, you've got all the Spanish names. Is that all right? Yeah, but I don't like the fact they've taken just uh, uh, New York's good because it's got new in front of it. Sure, so they all should be just New Leicester, yeah, New Hull. What do they do like, like the New Adventures of Scooby Doo? The all new, the all new Manchester, or like um, the real Ghostbusters when they made the cartoon. Yes. So it could be the real Leicester. That would be good, wouldn't it? You'd want to live in real Leicester. Yeah, I think just add a little bit to make it different, and they can still do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because even, even ones that we know as sort of synonymous with America, like Boston. There is a Boston in Britain. It's just not a very famous yeah. place. Anyway, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, doesn't sound lovely. This is a film starring Casey Affleck, the, I believe, younger, more talented brother of Ben Affleck, um, and Michelle Williams, um, and also uh, featured very strongly, I'm just getting up the IMDb page now, uh, Kyle Chandler plays his brother, and uh, Lucas Hedges is uh, a young teenager. Now, this is a film about... Uh, Casey Affleck is a janitor, and he has to go back to his hometown of Manchester-by-the-Sea that he seems to have left for no particular reason that we know of yet, but he doesn't want to be there anymore. Um uh, but he has to go back because his brother's in hospital. And uh, his brother is dying, basically. Uh, but it's all quite sudden. It says that in a trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the inciting incident, as they call it, in uh, film script parlance. And basically, it is about him going back to revisit the past he's been running away from and also face up to the fact that his brother wanted him to become guardian of his teenage son but hadn't mentioned this at all, but it's stipulated in his will. Um, That's the story. This is a uh, very... It's 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 a slow, but I don't mean that in a pejorative way. It's a slow, delicate... What does pejorative mean? Uh, negative sense. OK. Uh, so, uh, do you want me... Yeah, is that all right? I've, I've, I've heard the word... And I've heard it used in context. Yeah. And now I understand the word. Great. Great. Um, well, that's what we're here for. New word. New 
word. Pejorative. I read it quite a lot of times, but I'm never sure of it. I think it's always good to ask what words mean if you don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no shame in that. Um, you need to be pejorative about it. <laughs> no, not, Is that not right? Not quite right. It has to be a word that sort of um, could have two interpretations and so the pejorative sense is uh, is the negative one. Oh. So uh his tumour was very great. Uh the pejorative oh. sense means it's massive and therefore bad. Whereas I... great would be it was great. Oh this um banana milkshake had a very distinct flavour. I mean that in the pejorative sense. I mean it in the pejorative sense you mean someone put their dick in it. That's it, that's it. That's what it, that's what the word is specifically so, so what, for. It's what, we're talking about putting dicks in milkshakes. So if someone has put used the if the milkshake is a has anyone put their dick in your milkshake? Before? Pejoratively, yes. <laughs> yeah, but not is in a that, good way. Is that, so what would be the the good? Is there the what's the opposite? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, the very opposite word would be. What's the opposite? Of some, I want to, what's the word you use when someone's put their dick in a milkshake and made it taste nicer? Um, top banana? Top banana. You go, uh, someone put their dick in my milkshake. Top banana. Okay. That's what you say. Um, yes, so that's that's basically <laughs> Manchester by the Sea. No, Manchester <laughs> by the Okay, it is... It's a brilliant film. Like, is it? It okay. just is. Like, it... I... I was found myself occasionally going is this going somewhere and it does like it knocks you for six and then there is one scene that Michelle Williams and Casey Affleck do it's only short and it it's devastating like this is a it's a beautiful film and it holds back all the time but in the way that it, it seems so mundane and true that it doesn't fall into movie cliches in the same way that you know others would you know it. I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's like it's not a it's not you're not gonna get the uh, the ending that you want. You're gonna get the ending life would give you. Michelle Williams is is brilliant, isn't she? She's fantastic. It's odd as well because the director seems to have cast people who have had genuine harrowing trauma in their life as well. Like of course the she father received, of her the yeah. father of her kids died, Heath Ledger. Yeah, and then. Um, Casey Affleck's bro- is the brother of Ben Affleck. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell, mate! I mean, imagine he's, he's doing well for it. Imagine that you were the more talented brother, but everyone, all your brother, got all the work. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's friends with Matt Damon. Yeah, and would never introduce you. Whenever he bumped into Matt Damon, he would just talk to him, and Casey would just have to stand there, and Ben would never introduce them. Um, but also. <laughs> Matthew Broderick uh, plays a small part. He he suddenly appears in this film as a Christian man, and of course he disappeared from Hollywood for years because yeah, cause he killed someone, killed someone in his car. Like that was really dodgy there. The yeah, way yeah, yeah. He, he lost his memory. I think we talked about this before, didn't we? I'm not Have sure. We read we did. about it. No, I, not much. He was driving in Ireland and he killed someone, and then there was a rumor that he was driving on the wrong side of the road, and that's what caused the accident. Wow. Because obviously it's left hand yeah, side yeah. rather, and then he completely lost his memory of the whole thing. He lost his memory. He didn't remember any of the incident at all. Well, you know that's a Hollywood invention, um, traumatic amnesia. Oh, really? Apparently, it doesn't exist. Well, I'm not saying that Matthew Broderick is guilty of murder based on a news article mm. I've read, but I also am sure you are definitely saying I'm, that. I'm accusing. I'm directly <laughs> calling Matthew Broderick. 
Oh yeah, a, a murderer. Well, okay, that is that is your pejoratively. Uh, that is your prerogative. Your pejorative uh, but, prerogative. I understand what prerogative is. It's a song by Bobby Brown did. Uh, Britney Spears. Bobby Brown did my prerogative. Oh, she did it as well though. Oh, she hers is probably a cover. I mean, this I'm showing my age here. Bobby Brown did the prerogative version. <laughs> um. Um, Manchester by the Sea crept up on me. It's incredibly uh, real and forces you to actually engage with reality rather than an escapism of these feelings and emotions. Is and it I really think bleak, it, though? Is it bleak? No, it's not. There is hope in it because, like like reality, there is frustration at just can't you just do the thing that would make you happy? And of course, like real human beings, they just they can't. And you know, you you. It is a. It's ultimately seemingly about people isolating themselves, and they can't communicate and get themselves out of these holes they find themselves in. And it's it's brilliantly observed and and very beautiful. You know, I th- I thought it was great. Yeah, I definitely want. I want to watch it, but I went to see uh, La La Land last week in, instead. Well, these those are polar opposite films by the sounds. You know? Yeah, really. yeah, that's a good thing about January, isn't it? You just get. A load of great films. Well, you get the films that studios have confidence in of being both uh, interesting and commercially viable, (laughs) you know. So rather than just the big blockbuster monster mashers, you get... Is it because the drop-off is that big in the cinemas in the summer? I don't know. I don't know. It's very odd the way that they've decided the tone, the sort of tone of films... Across the year, what? Well, but yeah, it is. It's really interesting. But January is the Oscar bait films, but they tend to actually be all right. Um, not the most innovative films of the year, but certainly good ones. But that's because people remember favourably the last thing they watched, and that's why they put them all out in January, hoping yeah. that the the Academy who are voting will go, "No, La La Land was the best one because I saw it yesterday." <laughs> yeah. And you've got the uh, it's the school holidays, kids films, yeah, summer action films, and just constant Transformers crap like that. And then the Christmas blockbuster where you can take the whole family to because you're all back at home with nothing to do. Yeah, and there's a weird two weeks after the summer holiday is over when they put some weird, the weirdest stuff out. <laughs> out with the trash, basically. They just go, oh, we don't know if this will be popular, you can go out there. It's very peculiar, mm. very peculiar. Mm. Um, so, do you think it's going to get... Um, I mean, you really need to see La La Land, don't you? Just to, yeah. to I, I think this might be um, too slow and subtle to win the Best Picture awards, but I think uh, the cast could be in contention. Because it's beautiful, Michelle Williams especially could well be in contention for best actress. Um, Is it a, a weepy? Uh, not all the way through, but there are moments. Yes. I can't. I can't. I, after that, a monster calls. I was a state. Mm. I can't. I can't bear it anymore. After watching these films at home. I just cry anything. I mean, a monster causes was particularly, you know. I just find myself sitting in the cinema going, oh, I can't go like this. It look, look like I've just been kicked in the balls. What's wrong with that? Pejoratively. Pejoratively kicked in the balls rather than sensuously. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, I really feel that word took over the whole. <laughs> that's quite all right. Um, I think it's time for this. Um, some people. 
one from Johnny Atfield. Bone Tomahawk. Message. Bone Tomahawk. Your thought, I saw it. Quite simply, wow. Thank you. Ten Johnnies. That sounds wrong. <laughs> Keep watching the films. Yes. I'm going to watch uh, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, it's Tomahawk. brilliant. I, I mentioned it as one of my favourite films of last year. It is a Western uh, that is also a horror. And actually what is most startling about it is every single character is brilliantly drawn. It's a fantastic cast, it's fantastic writing, it's a great film. Okay. Here's one for you. Okay, this is from Dave Shaw, and he says, to be read in the voice of a man on the brink of orgasm... Normal uh, voice. My normal voice. And there's one. Hi, Mary, David, (laughs) buddy. I recently watched the film Premature from 2014 because it looked terrible and I wanted to watch a film that was awful. I had extremely low expectations, as the reviews were quite bad and it genuinely looked crap. I couldn't have been more wrong. It has Alan Tudyk and Craig Roberts in supporting actor roles who do brilliantly and make it actually very funny. Please watch it. Would love to hear your thoughts. I feel like Marek will connect with this film on many levels. Keep watching the films, Dave. Well, thank you, Dave Shaw. Premature from 2014. So we're going to start doing that now. We're going to start... We've been very badly organised in the past and we try and hold the films you've told us to watch in our heads and that doesn't always work, does it? So we're going to start uh, making a list that we will then uh, correlate and make sure we, you know, which one we're going to watch this week. So, yes, please do keep your recommendations coming in. We're going to go through all back emails and find all the films and try and watch them. So what we're going to try and do is watch one new release and then someone's going to try and watch one of your recommendations. And a recommendation each week. So uh, give us a, uh, a couple of weeks to get that rolling, but we'll get it, we'll get it working. Here's a letter. Here is a letter. What do they want? Um, why don't you read this one and I'll read the, the next one. Okay, fine. I mean, if it looked long and some of the words looked confusing. Like the word Cloverfield. Oh. Uh, this is from Adam Taylor on the subject of faults. Dear David Marrick and Buddy, I just watched 10 Cloverfield Lane on the strength of your recommendations. I thought it was excellent. A very intelligent and enjoyable thriller. And it reminded me of another very intelligent and enjoyable thri- thriller, also starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead, called Faults. Faults is about a writer and cult specialist called Ansel Roth, played by Leyland Orser, who is approached by a couple to deprogram their daughter, who has been brainwashed uh, by a cult. The film starts out like a dark comedy in the vein of the Coen Brothers' early classics, as Ansel stages a kidnapping in order to deprogram, and turns into a tense, unpredictable thriller when things start to go awry. Just as in 10 Cloverfield Lane, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays a character that manages to both be vulnerable but strong and resourceful at the same time. This this performance is counterbalanced by that of Leyland Orser, who plays Ansel Roth as a tragicomic loser. There's a beautiful light and shade between the performances of the two leads. The film never becomes dull, um, despite, like 10 Cloverfield Lane, taking place nearly entirely in one location, and the plot delivers plenty of surprises in its lean 90-minute runtime. I'd give it eight ad- Admaz. Is he called Adam? Yeah. Yeah, Adams, I think that is. 
I'd give it eight Adams, and I'm looking uh, to the follow-up by looking forward to the follow-up by the director of Faults, also starring Winstead, who is coincidentally the director Riley Stern's wife, called The Art of Self-Defense, a karate film, which, while I have no in- interest in karate or martial arts, I shall watch purely because of the people involved. All of this long-windedly te- leads me to my question. Are there any actors, male or female, that you would watch no matter what film they were in? David Nicholas Cage doesn't count. Anyway, interested to hear your thoughts. Keep watching the films. Adam, in Manchester, by the sea? Could it be? Could it? <laughs> um, actors, well, Ryan Gosling's yours, isn't he? Yeah, I love Ryan Gosling. I think he picks, he picks very good films. You know generally. somebody I've thought about recently who I will watch in anything because I think is absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. is John Lithgow. Oh really? I absolutely love him. Like I think he's he's such a good actor. And like I, I just I, I would watch him in anything. I think he's fantastic. Um there are quite a few. Uh, some people I find really interesting to watch is the Michael Shannon is his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really think he's got a fascinating face. He's in uh he doesn't necessarily pick he's the best He's in Midnight films. Run and Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice. So yes. he's in some real but classics. I find him great to watch. Yeah. Um, who else is very watchable? I'm trying to. Um, what it is is it's very difficult to try and think and realise you've got to talk at the same time. Yes, I'm very con- difficult. I'm concentrating on finishing this sentence and not. <laughs> I'm not able. <laughs> to actually think while I'm talking yeah that's bad because you need to be able to think in order to know what you're saying don't you yeah um yeah I don't really know um who about are you? my favourite actors um well it's tricky isn't it I mean Nicolas Cage I've actually got to a point where he's he's shitting out so many crap films that end up on Netflix immediately I've actually lost my patience with the whole thing yeah like he, he seems when I, I check sort of what are the what the recently added things on Netflix what are the recently added things on you know uh, Blinkbox or whatever yeah and every week it seems to be a Nicolas Cage film plus some other shit is this, uh, is how it, are you producing so many sort, films? Is it some sort of debt thing that he's yeah, Well, got? that's what I've heard. I don't know the, the truth. That he didn't, got, he didn't pay tax uh, at the height of his career. And so he he has an enormous tax bill spanning 20 years of career and has to pay it with this, the status he now has in Hollywood. So, yeah, he's just working like around the clock. Um, I mean, he should have paid tax is the moral of that story, isn't it? Yeah. Really. Uh I do I do like Scarlett Johansson as well. Yeah. But anything she's in, I mean No, not anything. She's one who um I find is very charming and sort of hypnotic to watch, but isn't a versatile actor. She brings what she does to the role and it's very dependent upon the casting director to have given her the right role, I think. Who's always been brilliant and is rising to fame, Ben Mendelssohn. Ben Mendelssohn oh, is excellent. He's been for quite a few years. Yeah, yeah. He's like Animal Kingdom, I think he's in, if I can remember. And he's always been good. Uh, he's another sign of a good film, normally. Yes. Yes, he is. He is. Um, good taste as well. Yeah. Slow West, he was excellent. Okay, well, shall I read out another message then? Yeah, why not, mate? Just, I mean, how, how, does it, how does it work out? You just pick one and read it? 
Pick one, read it. Okay, here we go. This is from Tim Wade. It's called The Invitation. Hi, Senors, buddy, David and Merrick. I enjoyed your best of episode, your recent best of episode, and so we're a little bit behind in these emails. I look forward to catching one of those from your list I haven't seen yet. One film which I really enjoyed this year, and I literally only saw it last week, was The Invitation. It's on Netflix. Well, at least it's on Netflix where I co- I'm currently living, living, Costa Rica. Blimey. Blimey. Have you guys heard of it, seen it? I found it incredibly compelling and tense. But as all with the best films, it's best not to say too much about it before watching. Anyway, just thought you might like a late recommendation you can watch from the comfort of your respective armchairs to save you overpriced cinemas dollars. All the best. Keep watching, working so you can afford to keep watching the films. Please read us out in your best Costa Rican accent. Oh, oh the end. too late. Don't put it at the end. If you want an accent, it's got to go at the beginning. Well, I followed Tim Wade's advice. <laughs> I followed him home. I And I went to Costa Rica. Yeah. I bought a flight to Costa Rica mm-hmm. to watch The Invitation on Netflix and I didn't realise... I didn't realise he was talking about my armchair. Ah, that's a shame. So, so what is it? What's it about? The Invitation, it's... Um, so it feels like it's a low-budget... It's... It's a sort of drama, mystery, thriller. It's one of those films you can only watch once because you're trying to work out right. what the shit is going on. And once you know the shit is going on... That yeah. is it. So it's just... If you fancy a, a, a thriller, which... All the actors, they're all good, but they always they feel slightly B-movie-ish. I right. don't know. Anyway, it's set in Los Angeles. Like and La La this bloke is going with his new girlfriend... To to uh, invite to a dinner party, yeah, and it turns out all of his friends have been invited, and it's at his old house, and it's his ex wife wife's dinner party, and it's the first time they've got together uh, for she hasn't been seen for two years, and he invited everyone over, and everyone's gone because when they were together, their their ch- child died, right, and I think it was at the house. Right. I mean, there is... The problem is... I think this is a good film. It's the premise... Doesn't necessarily stand up. It's a good thriller. Right. But I could never... Because I thought... Well, what? who on earth... Would go to their ex... They haven't, they haven't heard from their ex-partner in yeah, two yeah. years. And now all their friends are going to be there. Who enough would go... It's weird enough going there... You can sort of think, oh, well, I'll go along to this dinner party thing, and it'll be all. Yeah, it might be weird, but if it's at your old house, then that is really gonna freak yeah. you out. Um, but there's no. I mean, the acting's really good in it. It's shot really well. I, I I really enjoyed it actually, and I'm trying to work out what is going on. Basically, his. I'll try and tell you too much without ruining it. This is a good film to watch if you fancy something that's not too long, it's like an hour and forty minutes. It's not. It's. I like those thriller mystery films. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes you just yeah. want to find out well, when's this all going to turn to shit? When's this going to go mental? Which yeah. film? And it's one of those films, really. And does it does it go mental? Well, uh, well that would be a That's spoiler. A spoiler okay. It's pretty obvious it's going to go mental. Sure. Um, so you'll try. It's got the lead in it is the bloke who is in Prometheus, who I sort of recognised. Logan one? Marshall Green. Which one's he? Yeah, exactly. He's a guy... He, that one. I don't it, recognize The guy him. whose eye turns black. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And... He has a, 
uh, he sexually transmits the alien uh, into uh, Numi Rapace, right? Yes, the guy who's responsible for... Uh, With his dirty eyes and willy. Yeah. It was... <laughs> it, it was I think it was a low budget, got minimum release, but... Uh, not, that's not even the right word. Not, limited was, what, release. Limited release. Um, and probably went straight to Netflix to get their money, but... It's interesting to look at. It's, it's pretty much a bottle episode where it's all set yeah. in his house and they're all having a dinner party. And there are certain points in it where you know, something weird's got to happen for it to accelerate the plot. Yeah, yeah. And normally you go, uh, do you know what? I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm just going to go home because this is really weird and I feel too uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, basically, his ex wife's new partner's there and he's this really weird, uber nice person. And they sort of begin to suspect whether they're in in a sort of she's joined a cult, right? And they're trying to recruit them all for this cult, but it's done. And he's obviously not because his child died in this house. He's going through some weird, weird stuff shit in his well. head, so he's trying to work out whether he's reacting really weirdly because of all this backstory, or whether it, he's he's being totally rational and normal. Yes, yeah, yeah. and you're trying to work out oh. Is it's that thing? Have you got a slightly mental narrator, a trusted narrator? What's it called when the narrator? Unreliable narrator. Yes, an unreliable narrator, and whether you trust it. It's yeah. a classic thing. Yes. Whether you trust him and what's going on. So I actually really in, enjoyed it. There's some bits where you think it's actually really difficult to film a dinner party or a get together. It's you've one of got, the hardest things. You've to got film. twelve people in the room. Yeah, yeah, and and the the the. Well, not to get too boring, but the whole filmmaking thing of crossing the line. Yeah. Where in order to make two people look like they're looking at each other, the camera has very limited places it can go when you do a shot of someone and then the reverse shot of what they're looking at. And when you've got people sitting in a circle in particular, it's yeah. really hard to keep a, a track on that of what, what can go where. And yeah, that, and, and you, to follow all the conversations. It's one of the hardest things you can and, and, and And also to actually have, have a dinner... Have a film all about that, where people don't. You're still trying to follow the story, where all people are sort of quiet at different points, yeah. trying to introduce all these characters, and have because normally at dinner parties you go off on tangents. You want me talking about the same thing, yeah. As all sort of interrelationships going on, so I think the challenge of making a film where you've got twelve people in the same room and having all these different things happening is an almost impossible. Challenge. Uh, I mean, twelve angry men will be a, a, yes. a way of doing it, a, a brilliant way of doing that. But uh, keeping the dynamics there, so you know, in the in the final act, it's visually, even if it's just the attitudes of the actors, but it is visually you've moved on somewhere when it is just twelve people in a room. Like you're right, twelve angry men is the one that does it brilliantly because yeah. they fragment, don't they? So and they, they have to stay in that room as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, when when something weird happens in this, luckily you've got characters who are quite down to earth going, uh, do you know, this, 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 it's really nice to be together again. Let's just let this go. Let's all be here for each. This sort of thing where you almost go, am I? I'm going to stop believing it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is too weird. This is. And this has gone past the weird barrier, and it, maybe it fails in a certain uh, attempts at doing it. But it's, watching it from an idea of a bottle episode, an ambitious bottle yes. episode, I found it quite interesting, and it was tense towards the end. And because you're always thinking, actually, I want to see what's going to, I want to see what's going to happen. Yes, and it's quite nice to watch a film where it's an old-fashioned thriller, and then uh, quite simplistic in you know you're waiting for the moment when yeah. things kick off. So. Uh, if you're 
there's no way you would ever see this film, I don't think. It's quite interesting. It's just sort of hidden in the deep in the menus, the darkest menus of Netflix. Um, so I would, I would. It's got six point seven meta score seventy four on IMDb. I, I would give it six Mariks. Okay. Maybe se- maybe it could get seven on it. If you want to watch something. Well, if you're looking for something on Netflix, you know, you just go, oh, I can't find anything. Yeah, give it a shot. It you sounds can, it sounds fun. You can do a, a lot worse than watch this. And if you're interested in how, how to film bottle episode and how low budget well, films are Well, we've talked about them before. Yeah, and they are the holy grail of a first-time filmmaker. Yeah. If you can go, here is a script of eight people in a single room and I can hold your attention and make it go somewhere in 90 minutes. Like, that's that's how you get trusted with a larger budget. Yeah. Um, well, obviously that's what it is. It's almost like a sort of... Absolutely. ...film to try and get Well, because it costs money. nothing. It's one set, you know. It's it, it's one group of actors, one group of costumes, by and large. Yes, I enjoyed it. So thank you, Tim Wade, for that um, recommendation. And I hope... Well, the director also did Eon Flux Girl Fight. She's called Karen Kusama. I probably pronounced her name wrong. But it's nice to see something by a, a lady director. Yeah. She wrote Girl Fight as well, which is probably a, a quite big thing. Right. Well, uh, well that's it. it for this week. Um, although, I should say, next week, Marek, yes. I am... Or, well, next week, I, the film I'm going to talk about is something I'm going to see this evening. Now, at 2am this evening. What the shit? This is a one-off thing. No one's ever attempted it before. It's called Lost in London. And it is written and directed and starring Woody Harrelson. And he is doing a one-shot, live-streamed film. About loosely based on the time he was arrested late at night in London whilst he was trying to get home. Um, and so he is doing it tonight in London and it's being uh, live streamed to cinemas all over the world. So I'm going to the Picture House Central to watch it at 2am tonight wow. to see if, see if it's a spectacular failure or whether it's incredibly engaging. That sounds so great. It's a brilliant idea. So I'm excited because I know it's possible... With modern technology, because of the film Victoria, yeah. But the the fact that they are live streaming it just to give you that extra level of tension of whether they even succeed to make a film, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Wow, I mean, so many things could go wrong. So many could go wrong, and how ambitious they've been as well. I don't know if it's just it will be like a documentary following following him round, or whether they're going to live mix music and all of that and make it cinematic. I've no idea. I wonder how many run throughs they've done of it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And um, it's going to be freezing as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, what if there's fog and it rains? Like, it's going to ruin it. But anyway, it, I'm going to that at 2am tonight. I'm looking at the weather now. I mean, it's it's literally naught degrees outside to minus one, so Woody Harrison's going to freeze his nuts off. He really is. Also, you should um, mention uh, the Penny Dreadfuls. Yes, Um this is a this is a shameless plug, but uh, we do this for free, so uh, that's fair enough. Um, the sketch troupe that I am in, the Penny Dreadfuls, have been making uh, plays, historical comedy plays, for Radio Four uh, for the last however many years, and we've made six of them. Marek is in one of them um, about Harold the Wake, yeah, playing Martin, and they've just been released uh, as albums on Audible. So if you go to Audible and 
uh, search for the Penny Dreadfuls. You'll find there's two volumes there of it, and uh, I would be very appreciative if you'd buy them. And they um, are excellent as well. Thank you, thank you very much. But yes, uh, plug done. Um, we, uh, if you'd like to write to us, and as as we Marek and I said, we're going to uh, make a list of films so that we can keep track of it more. So any film recommendations or questions you might have, go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form. Um, I won't do the begging request because I've just done one for the Penny Dreadfuls. But we'll be back next week. Keep watching the films. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.